This is The Restaurant Grind, a podcast for small business restaurateurs, sharing their stories and struggles of working in the restaurant industry. I'm JD, your host, with my co-host, Matt Patrick. Today, we will be speaking with Arturo Ascarate. He is the owner of Curry and Jerk downtown Memphis and has just recently moved his restaurant to the historic Bonton Cafe. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much. Yes, sir. How we kind of usually dive in is we love the restaurant tour story. If you worked in the restaurant in the past before owning your own, but just kind of the path that led you to open up Curry and Jerk. The only job that I ever had in the restaurant industry was I was a uh, dishwasher. And my mom fired me, so that was the last <laughs> time I really wanted to ever work in a restaurant. Uh, but the reason I'm in a restaurant today is because I also made a promise to my mom uh, that I will open up a restaurant. And Curry and Jerk exists because of my mother, and that's what keeps me going. That's really special. That's awesome. Did, did your mom have a restaurant? No, she didn't. She was the... Uh, what you call the civilian head chef for oh. the uh, military base oh, okay. gotcha. in California. So mom was chef in the Navy. How did you, I mean, that's a big leap to get into the restaurant business from not being in it. That's a, that's a fun time for people. <laughs> I think it's a lot of people's dreams or goals. Like I've, I've always thought about, I'd love to own a restaurant or bar one day. How hard was that first decision to go ahead and do it and get started? It was pretty tough. Uh, you know, being an engineer, I look at the roadmaps, right? Yeah. I start looking at the roadmap. We developed the X1 box, and I start looking like, man, the developing side of this is getting a little smaller and smaller, as I see. So probably two years into uh, my expected date of opening, I start really planning out trying to get a better understanding. I go out and eat a lot and I just start paying more attention to the service that people get, right? Yeah. I see people complain um, about things and I try not to go in no restaurant and judge them on how they cook their food. So that's something that I take very seriously because um, they cook the food how they cook it yeah, and not the way I cook it. So I have to respect that. Wrong. They cook it wrong and you know that already, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I'm kidding. But, you know, we have to respect uh, when we go to someone's home that they're going to yeah. cook the food the way they cook it. And we just need to appreciate that they're offering us opportunity to, to dine in their establishments. And, yeah. and I think that we have to learn to be customers just as well as business got to understand how customers want things. So how hard was it for you to, uh, had you owned any other businesses before, before this? No. So all the wonderful things that go into <laughs> owning a business and having employees and setting up your, getting all your accounts with your vendors and getting your liquor license, all that stuff probably was a first time experience that was not as much fun as you probably wished. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> there was no, <laughs> there was no guide out there, right? Um, open up a restaurant is tough. Um, I did a lot of Google searches and um probably lost a lot of information than I thought yeah. I needed. Uh, but one thing I can say, though, the challenge of that allowed me to learn the business a lot better. Um, yeah. Sometimes people can give you things, but when you're doing it hands-on from code enforcement and learning every part of the business, now you know your building, you know what's expected, mm-hmm. you know the rules, and you're able to follow them a little bit better. Yeah, and if you want to do it right way, it's okay. I, if I don't understand something, it's okay to say, I don't know, but you tell me what to do and I'll go do it. Right. Um, uh, you plugged into the MRA pretty quickly when you opened the business? No, I did not. Uh, four years into the restaurant industry, um, never was contacted by the Restaurant Association. So I reached out to them and I said, hey, 
been here for four years. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do I have to be a special person to be part of this? And um, no, they was very uh, enthused and excited. But we are now working on that part of it as the Restaurant Association that we should be reaching out to these new businesses that come out, uh, start up, and don't understand the industry. So I think that's what the Restaurant Association advantage is. I percent agree. And it's one of the reasons why we started the podcast is, is A, for us, we wanted to let the voice of the MRA get out there another way. And for new restaurateurs, knowing that there's an avenue for them to get some support. Um, and even just the, we talked about this a couple of times now, which is the empathy, you know, man, it's a grind. We all know it's 24 seven, seven days a week. Uh, and it, to have a, a peer that's been doing it for a while or has going through the same things you are, it makes it feel like you're not alone, which is great. Yeah, truly the support part of it, uh, one thing I learned is that I don't want to be there seven days a week, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't want to be open all day because I yeah. feel like you got to have a family and work balance. Uh, coming from the background I come from, it's yeah. important that you give people time off, and uh, long hours and long days can be tough on the body. Uh, so we only open up like 4 o'clock in the evening, and yep. we're done at 10, yep. Tuesday through Saturday. So everybody get the same days off so we can mm-hmm. uh, all make sure we're back the next day. It's <laughs> right. supposed to. What day is payday? No, that's usually the <laughs> one. The next day yeah, is the hard right. one. Um, no, I agree with that. That's awesome. And also that's, you know, setting up the systems and processes on the front end to make it accommodate your goals of, you know, your people having the right time off, not working too much, not being too hard on their body, and having long-time people on your team that will be there for a long time. That's a super important process of getting getting the restaurant the way you want it to be. Yeah, thanks to COVID. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> made me realize we don't have to do lunch anymore. And uh, guess what? People come out and support you because they know your hours. Yeah. If you got long hours, they're going to take all day to come to see you. So yeah. if you got hours, they know your opening time and closing time, they're going to show up. That's awesome. Now, I know uh, recently you've moved Curry and Jerk to a historical landmark of the Bontown Cafe. Can you explain the historical aspect of right, it? Truly, uh, August 23rd, we did our official opening in at the bond time but five years ago i looked at this building and um fell in love with it but it was being used uh for the cadre building and as i continued to grow from curry and jerk i started to find myself leaning back towards it. i thought we was uh, growing the building that we were in and we needed a change to be able to accommodate our customers a little bit more uh it was a tight space but it's the beginning, and it was great. Yeah, how's it gone so far? It's going great right now. Uh, downtown has got the issues that it's dealing with, but um, a lot of construction going on downtown. Traffic, crime, a little bit of crime stuff. Yeah, crime. Just making people feel more secure uh, with the downtown activities that's been going on, mm-hmm. and just reassuring them that we are still who we are as far as uh, providing service and making sure that everyone that it uh, enters our building is secure that's and awesome safe i don't like seeing downtown look dead yeah yeah <laughs> you know it's I mean? good it's it's good when the grizzlies are doing well and downtown is thriving and the restaurant and beale street's busy all that stuff is great all right and every city needs downtown to be successful so yep. we definitely need to get that taken care of and push people back to where it all begins yeah Absolutely. That Memphis downtown is the heart and soul, so got to keep it going. This episode is sponsored by the Memphis Restaurant Association, the Mid-South's key advocate for restaurant owners, managers, and employees alike, promoting the best dining experiences Memphis has to offer. Business owners, do you have a clear picture of where all your money is? 
Are your taxes getting taken care of on time? Clarity and consistency are key when it comes to getting the most out of your books. With detailed monthly financials and ongoing advisory services, Patrick Accounting is here to help you make more money and keep more of it. Learn more at patrickaccounting.com. Having Curry and Jerk for the past five years, opening before COVID, being around during it and now, what is kind of the biggest thing that you're facing, uh, labor shortage or uh, supply chain? It's a combination of both. Uh, for me, it's passion, right? I mean, we can hire and rehire and rehire, but I'm more interested in someone that has passion uh, about what they're doing. So the industry itself is a struggle, right? Because today everybody wants to be an owner, everybody wants to be able to do their own thing, but finding that passion is tough. Uh, and that means a lot to me because we can make money, but like you said, consistency, if we lose that taste or that flavor, then how much longer are we going to last in this industry? Mm-hmm. Uh, I found that using a high school student um, has helped, uh, has a passion, has no other things that they want to do, uh, that you can train those individuals to be good chefs as well. Mm-hmm. Molding and not having those bad habits coming in and being able Sounds to... Sounds very familiar to an accounting <laughs> firm. I like, well, we, we talk about hiring, we hire, try to hire younger students as best we can. In our and that's a sophomore in college at me has had one or two accounting classes. I'm like, no bad habits. They don't have a clue what they're going to do. And we're okay with that because we can train and develop them. I just going to care that they care. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they care, passionate about us, trying to help clients and, and uh, helping us get better. And, and they, I want them to have the thirst to keep learning and trying to keep improving. And that's a huge benefit. I think it sounds like similar to you. You Luckily enough, you can get them maybe a little younger than I can. Um, I at least know how to like do some basic math. Um, but <laughs> that's, yeah, that's important. And the other part is the chain, right? Uh, I sell a lot of oxtails here in Memphis. And uh, meat markets and the butchers were not able to keep up my demand. So now I have a... Uh, 18-wheeler truck that comes in uh, from Chicago to be able to keep up with the supply and demand that I need. Um, But I spend a lot of days inside of a lot of stores here in Memphis buying things, and you see the shortages, so I'm the type of person I buy more than I need just to make sure I got it for an extra week. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's tough. Yeah, it is. So as you're growing and developing, you've had five years now, you know, you talked about, you know, finding the right people, making sure they're passionate about, you know, about the work they're doing. You know, what, uh, what are some of the things that you would encourage, you know, what are, you know, what's your interview process like, or what is your, how do you find these people is just, just keep, keep trying to look for the right characteristics or what is it? Well, for one, um, usually in this industry, people go from restaurant to restaurant. restaurant to restaurant. Usually if an employee that works with you and works another, they usually say, Hey, this is good company come work yeah, for. Yeah. So that's one way of getting people. Uh, the second part is you can post a lot. I, I, I get a lot of people come in and say they're this, they're that, and then eventually... They got to show up to work. Know, they, can't even <laughs> boil, they can't even boil spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> so it's tough uh, because everybody want to use the title chef, and uh, to me, I just want someone that loves cooking. I'm a cook. Yeah, I want to be a cook. I'm a, a cook. A good cook. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to that, do you guys put them through any kind of like... Hey, you're going to work on the job or two days, or you're going to. How do you test to make sure they're going to be able to do the job? For one, uh, our food is different. Yeah. So, 
it's hard to sit up and say, well, go in there and make a jerk chicken plate yeah. or something because they don't know. They don't know what that is. So I just want people that can follow instruction and follow. Uh, I make all the sauces, and all they got to do is just be able to bring the food to the, the temperature and, and boil or do the things that we need yeah. to do the correct way. And it's basic steps, and yeah. sometimes people miss it. Yeah, you hire people you don't really know till they're in the door, and, and I'm assuming it's some of it is just the battle of I need to have somebody on the line today versus I want to have the right person on the line to be here forever. And so I'm assuming there's a, sometimes a quick hook or, you know, hey, this person's not going to work out or I just stop giving them hours or whatever that may be. But also on the reverse day, like when you find somebody that's gold, you want to make sure you're taking super good care of them and well, them. I'm waiting on that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep trying, man. I, I'm, I'm cooking a lot. Uh, yeah. But you know what? I'm, I'm appreciative of the team that I had for the last five years. I know their strength. I know their weakness. And you just have to use whatever you can uh, to pull the best out of them. And that's what I'm thankful for. The people that have been with me have been with me that long. But yeah. do I have someone that I can say could replace me in the kitchen at this point? No. Yeah. Um, but but that's a goal one day probably it, it is so that way yeah. you don't have to work six days or five days a week from four to close um, but yeah I mean that is part of the journey that I think a lot of, I mean that's no different than me and my accounting or any other business that we've run into any you know any owner unfortunately it takes time to build the right team the right way and it's hard to be patient enough sometimes like oh god I wish I had somebody right now I just don't have it yet and uh, it's just that that continuous grind okay I'm gonna keep looking and then you know, asking coworkers when you find one good one, if they know somebody else that maybe look in and mm-hmm. then, you know, getting to know other restaurants, find out what they're doing well to, f- to grow and develop their team all goes into that, right? It does. So the five years you've been in business now, what is kind of the, your most proud moment with Curry and Jerk? Seeing people smile and seeing the growth that we've uh, continue on. When we first opened up, uh, we had a fire, um, MLG and yeah. W. Uh, the inner line power transformer or weatherhead, I believe, caused a fire. So I'm kind of glad it happened in a sense, in, in a bad way, but a good way. Because when we opened up our first day, we had 450 customers and mm-hmm. we were not equipped. We were not ready for it. So Just the that support. gap of getting that done yeah. <laughs> gave me another opportunity to sit back, look at my business plan, rethink, uh, rehire uh, more people and set up my uh, restaurant to be successful because it was tough. I mean, getting the right layout probably even in the back had to be refigured out a little bit, right? Yeah, because I was thinking more home cooking than yeah. restaurant cooking. Yeah. Uh, was falling short on that. Yeah. And the demand was. Uh, that engineering background demanding. probably came in really <laughs> handy right there. It then. did. <laughs> so, it did. Yeah. For a future entrepreneur, what is something that you learned along the way that you would like to pass along for someone not being in the restaurant business and wanting to start their own? For me, it's uh, got to love what you're doing. Uh, it starts with passion. Um, That's key. You also need to have financial support. Open up any business, you need to have the amount of money to that it requires for you to be successful. Um, I'm fortunate. I don't have no business partners. I haven't went and borrowed money to open up my business. That's awesome, uh, man. Congrats. So mm-hmm. it's planning. Um, I would say the P's, right? I, I live by the six P's. Uh, proper planning prevents piss poor performance. So... Just prepare yourself. Try to ask questions. Always use your resources. Like you said earlier, I never felt like I can't learn from anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm in the if I'm through learning, then I'm through living. So I try to learn from everybody I touch base with, and that's important to me. Yeah, amen. That's awesome. I totally agree. I we talk about this a lot, which is 
when you get into the restaurant business, you have to think I am a hundred percent in every day. I, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. Doesn't matter what I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to go whatever <laughs> through any wall I get or run into. And it's just a important part of that mentality. And we run into some owners sometimes that don't have that mentality. And I, and I know they're set up for, for failure. And then in like yourself, who I think it is, I'm a hundred percent committed to making sure this works. And that's a, uh, that's, like 90% of the battle. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. customers see that, right? I'm yeah. there every day. I try to touch uh, tables when I can, but my customers know that I care. I, yeah. It's not just about the money because uh, I, I do new return customers. And they know that we care. We're not going to be perfect every day, uh, but my goal is to make sure you're happy. Serve them really good food and make sure they have a good time doing it and, right. and enjoying the meal that you prepared for them hard to beat that absolutely i know they can always see that passion you've been talking about so again it was our pleasure having you on the podcast and uh, we really appreciate it oh thank you so much and for having me and allowing my business to be able to be shared with this city oh, yes you sir. haven't been there go down and check it out yep. it's a really cool place and they have wonderful food so can't beat it at the new location and what's the address it's 150 monroe avenue yep. right downtown uh, right across from the rendezvous what's your favorite restaurant other than your own in memphis uh, i go to porch and parlor oh like, yeah uh, we've got no consistent <laughs> i'm a big tomahawk uh pork chop guy or steak and bacon, uh, the bacon the bread rack, pudding the, the bacon rack that's pretty cool too we've done this now <laughs> for four times and in one of their restaurants because almost every time you get flight okay, or coastal so i, I don't want to give those guys honest. big heads man it's good it's yeah. good stuff Absolutely. And finding a good bread pudding is hard. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I make bread pudding. That's what's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, now you know whose recipe to steal. Uh, all right. Well, thanks yeah. again, Arturo. We really appreciate it. All right. No, thank you all. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Restaurant Grind. If you did, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating on your podcast player. Doing so helps our stories inspire more people in their restaurant grind journeys. We'll see you next week.